drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Twin Lions. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? It's Friday. Uh, it's been a tough week, I gotta admit. Uh, we had uh, an incredible time heading to Green Bay and tailgating. We'll talk all about that. Uh, we had a great time for about, uh, I don't know, about, uh, what is it? It's 59 minutes and, you know, 57 seconds worth of the game. And then probably the worst three seconds uh, of a football game in my life and a long drive home. So we are back in Michigan. I rant, I uh, ranted and raved for, gosh, uh, 40 some minutes about the referees only and probably had a lot more to say and a lot more calls I could have talked about. But I'm back here on the Friday show with the one and only Grifka's in the house. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man, that's uh, still kind of getting over that game, but, you know, TGIF. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, like I say, appreciate everybody supporting. We tried a couple different things on the road. We tried to actually podcast from the car. Um, it was fun to do. It really wasn't as hard to do, but because we're in no man's land and Gosh, I don't know, Upper Michigan, sometimes we were in Wisconsin, we had uh, kind of bad reception, so not the best quality, but we're back in our normal setup, so we should be good today. And uh, Grifka, let's just go ahead and tell the people a little bit about our trip and, and the things that were, uh, like I say, great great people, great time in, in Green Bay. So our our official trip kind of kicked off, you got, you got to my place around... Uh, you know, eight, nine o'clock, something like that. We hung out, we had a little pizza, we watched a little bit of football, loaded up our, our coolers, car was packed to the brim and uh, shoved off probably, uh, what, a little bit after 10, around 10, something like that, and hit the road. And uh, I took the wheel there, we talked, we hung out, uh, took that trip, man, and probably, I think on the GPS, it was about six, seven hours. Um, but the first little bit flew, man. We were just driving along, no problems, kind of crazy weather, and was not that bad. I mean, what did you think as we got going there on a roadie? Yeah, it was kind of a uh, kind of a uh, strange how uh, in uh, Upper Michigan, just in the upper of the Lower Peninsula. I mean, we had that real sloppy weather, but then once we got into the UP, there was like nothing. It was just like clear skies, you know, full moon. I mean, I've never I've lived in Michigan my whole life, and I've been in rural areas by plenty of force, but I've never seen so many wild animals just running across the road in the ditches. I mean, that was just that was you know that was that was just kind of freaky. Like they seem to be darting out of everywhere. Unfortunate foreshadowing, but yeah, we probably saw at least six, eight deer uh, came out in front of our car, or stopped on the side of the road on the way there, and then obviously we had some issues on the way back. So, like you say, we we cruised in there, took the first big majority, took uh, the home stretch there. We we basically, I mean, we didn't get much food. We sort of just had some road food and and kept it going. Uh, 
you know, uh, again, I was big on getting there early in the morning because I kind of wanted just to be in town, you know, get some breakfast somewhere, meet the people, hang out. But little did I know that getting there by like four or five o'clock whenever we showed up was really, uh, you know, not not the greatest plan. I But like I said, we were there. So we tried to sleep in the car. Um, that was uncomfortable, you know, uh, good luck trying to sleep, uh, sitting up in a, in a driver's and a passenger seat car. We were totally uncomfortable, cold, and, uh, we could not wait till I think it was about 7am when finally the, uh, the pancake place opened, man. We were the first ones in there and met a really nice lady and, uh, started grubbing on probably the biggest pancakes I've ever seen. I mean, this lady told us it was plate size and uh, she was not lying. It was overflowing the plate, incredible set of pancakes, too much food to eat. And uh, my stomach was rumbling in more ways than one there in the beginning. But uh, you, you met up uh, a new friend. You made a new friend. Unfortunately, he was in green and gold. Uh, tell the people about that, Grifka, your new buddy. Yeah, he seemed to be like a decent guy. I mean, uh, he said he lived in Green Bay for a while in that area, and, but then he was uh, moved down to uh, moved down to Texas, and he actually flew from San Antonio to see the game. And you know, it's, he was much like the, a lot of the other people that we ran into in the uh, Metro Green Bay area. I mean, he was a really nice guy. Everybody seemed to be pretty nice in the area. You know, yeah, the little just a little tiny bit of smack talk back and forth. But I've been around plenty of other teams' fans that'll get in your face and be total jerks, but. I mean, we ran into like one or two people like that, but, you know, this guy that we met in the restaurant, a couple other people that kind of walked through and like said hi to us, you know, kind of same thing, gave us a, a smile because we were wearing our lines garb. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, he was a nice guy. Everybody seemed to be like uh, really, really, really nice to us. <laughs> yeah, man, he, he was cool. He was talking to us about old time football. He's talking to us, asking us, everybody does about Matt Stafford, you know, oh man, he's so good. Like what, why hasn't he won? And we had to kind of educate him that, you know, yeah, he's good, but he hasn't stepped up to the, the elite level and he needs a team around him. And we have a pretty good team. And I thought we still weren't getting much credit. Like some people were sort of giving us that, that token lions credit, but it was always with kind of, Oh, like, you know, uh, they should be good, but it was still kind of like, you know, Green Bay will probably win or we'll take care of business or you guys will score like 15 points or, you know, they were just giving us these 10, 15, 20 points at a max type of thing. And I thought we'd score more than that. But uh, like you say, really nice people. So once we got done grubbing, we kind of cruised around a little bit, saw saw the city. We had a list of places, you know, to kind of check out. Our, our main thing, though, was, you know, we still need to load up for this tailgate. So we went and made a Meyer run. I mean, we got – I had bought some better cheddar brats. I mean, if you want to go with a, a brat slash hot dog that's just incredible, go with the Johnsonville better cheddars. I mean, they're they're off the charts. They fit in a regular hot dog bun, but their, their breakfast quality, their lunch quality, dinner quality, incredible. So I had some of those. We already had some other food stored up, but we got – we got brats, we got burgers, we got chips, we got some Detroit Kool-Aid from the uh, the drink aisle. Um, gosh, we just uh, we bought some poster board. Uh, gosh, what else did we get, Griff? Am I missing anything? We loaded up on on quite a bit of grub there and got out of there uh, after a while over the, the old Green Bay Myers. Um, no, that sounds about like everything that we got. You know, just. All the basic stuff, like you said, I mean, we were talking about maybe this, maybe that, and we're like, ah, maybe the guys won't like that, maybe they won't. So, no use wasting money on food that's not going to get ate. So, we just loaded up on the basics, and everybody seemed to love <laughs> that stuff. So, 
Oh, yeah. We'll get to their tailgate here in a moment. But, uh, yeah, it worked out great. Uh, we did get – there's there's a burger. I don't remember the name. I mean, maybe you do, Grifka. The, it's a burger, but it, it's got cheese and bacon, and they come with other things kind of baked into the burger. So when you cook it, it's like you almost don't even need to put any stuff on it. It's, it's bun and burger, and you're good to go. I mean, we got some of those, too. Those were those were off the charts. But, yeah, man, simple oh, food yeah. and – those Did burgers right. all disappeared, man. Just as soon as I cooked those <laughs> things, there was like none of those left over. I think I remember right. throwing away like a, a small, you know, regular hamburger patty or two, and I think there was one brat that ended up in the trash. But like those that, things, just that, as soon as those burgers were cooked, man, be like, yeah, these burgers are great. And like all of a sudden, it was like vultures <laughs> over a dead carcass. Like, got any more of those? Uh, that's all we bought. Sorry, man. We didn't know you guys would like them that much. <laughs> right. They did those up. The the uh, brat that was left is because Fumble Fingers over there. I think it was the one guy at our tailgate that they brought with the green bay gear. He had some butter sticks like uh, like your boy Eric Ebron dropped the brat on the ground. I told him, I go, you better eat that. And he uh, snuck it on the plate and didn't uh, didn't put it down after it hit the grass. But, uh, yeah, everything else uh, was down. The better cheddars and the stuffed burgers were gone. All the other food, we had plenty for people. As well as, like I always tell you, man, if you're going to go to a tailgate, like don't go cheap on, like, your propane or your food because, as happened, and, again, we'll get to it, tons of people came up hanging out. We had plenty of kool-aid plenty of food for those extra people that come and are cool and and you want to take care of them at your tailgate so 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 we got our grub we loaded up in the parking lot um sure enough as we're loading up i just have the genius idea put my batteries in my new bought uh, bullhorns that i had and started yelling blue light special at all the packer fans that came by i said we got 50 percent off aaron Rodgers, uh riling up the people and they were giving me some fun smack talk back so those bullhorns worked out uh, well that'll be a a tailgate feature for years to come i'm sure and yeah man we packed these things up in ice and loaded the dang car back up and and layered up because it was starting to get man perfect day i mean couldn't have been better weather wise but uh layered up as best we needed to and then uh, basically went we went to a local park chucked the football for about a half hour or more and then we we're like let's go scope out a, a place to park and and we driving around and and tell tell them about where we found Griff. I this place sort of as we drove by i can't remember you me i kind of just mentioned it and then you were like yeah that i that looks like a good spot to me. Um, the the Ace Hardware right at the corner. We kind of spied that even, and we toured around a little bit more. But that that was the spot. Uh, I don't think we could have picked a better one. Yeah, we like looked at maybe a du- couple different spots. I know when we first like pulled up you know, to the stadium, asking where we could park. The guys like, well, you could park in lot ten, you know, but they don't open until like four hours before the game. And, and we just were like kind of looking around at other spots and. And eventually, like, even for the price of the parking there, I mean, it was like 25 bucks. And I know we've been charged more than that where we park at a Lions game. So I'm like, 25 bucks at Ace parking lot. And like, because we pulled up the lady's like, well, we don't start to get full till about four o'clock. And, you know, it was like, what, around probably like 1030 when we actually kind of scoped it out. And we're like, man, we're right here on the corner. And you're like, sweet talking the lady going, hey, can we get it right over there by the Ace Hardware <laughs> sign on the corner? That way it'll give a spot to like put up our table and our grill. And, oh, yeah. You know, because we were only, we were probably with like the fourth or fifth car in the parking lot. There was a couple people there already. But she like, instead of like loading us up and, you know, kind of following the line, she's like, yeah. And she just bought, she just put us in right there at the corner. You know, we asked and, you know, we had, that, that was, that was great. I always say, I've said this to a number of people. I know I said it to you a couple of times, like that's probably the best tailgating experience that we've had. I mean, it was like fans from both teams were walking by 
Uh, the Lions bus went by. The Lions um, team buses went by. I mean, that was it was. I mean, that was by far one of the most favorite tailgating experiences I've ever had. <laughs> But the reason it was so good, and we'll, we'll pull it back here for a second on the parking. So so the clutch thing to do when you're tailgating is if, if you're going to get a spot in a parking lot, it's ideal if you can get it where you're up against the sidewalk where people are going to be flowing through, which we had. We also had a little grass, you know, usually you'll get the you'll get the parking, the little bit of grass and then the and then the uh, sidewalk. But if you get the corner, we had we had this huge patch where people could set up chairs. And like I said, the Ace Hardware sign was right there. So that's a good landmark. Um, nobody else like crowded in our area. We just had this whole corner um, not only covered, but it was at a four way stop. So not only were we getting foot traffic all day, every day, but cars could come and they had to stop anyway. So that was time for them to yell something or us to yell something or to just have uh, a ton of fun at that corner. I, I kept saying throughout the day, like we got this corner on lockdown cause it was, it was Detroit Kool-Aid. We had the banner up on the table. We had signs going, we had the bullhorns working. We were, uh, Everybody knew who was at that corner. It wasn't Packer fans. So so that was awesome. I mean, like you say, best tailgate ever, Grifka. You want to know why it's the best tailgate ever? Because I've been telling you for years that I've been trying for I don't know how long to get some of my friends to all like creak open their wallets and actually plan ahead more than a day, which is like most people can't even get through the next day of their life, let alone plan a couple months ahead and actually pay for some tickets. I know you kind of like kayfabe the people, but said we pay for parking. We haven't paid for parking for about a decade. I probably saved us about a thousand dollars down there with my parking hookup that we get, um, which is incredible. And I, and again, I could get that for my friends too. And we could enjoy a day outside of the lions game, but Nobody can get it together, but you know who can get it together, Griffka? You know who can get it together? Yeah, I'm going to let you say the name. Go ahead. You're the one who uh, broached the subject with him. <laughs> the one and only Paul from Tampa. Paul from Tampa, frequent caller of this show and just a great dude. He supported the Kool-Aid cast from day one. He's the one that kind of made this whole thing happen, shouted me out on Twitter, I, I gave Grifka no choice. Like you're not going to a kid soccer game. You're not doing anything. This is a once in a lifetime. Go to Green Bay. We're loading up and making this happen. And Paul uh, helped us out a ton to make it happen. He rolls up in the place with his crew. Couldn't have been a better group of guys. Uh, nice, funny. Everybody uh, talking sports. Just uh, having fun with the the Green Bay Packer fans coming by. Again, we're attracting Lions fans left, right, and center. They're coming by. What's up, Detroit Kool Aid? We're serving up the Honolulu Blue Super Bowl flavor uh, um, Kool Aid to the people. And um, I just can't thank Paul and all his friends enough for coming. Just their their enthusiasm, their attitude, the ability, um, and they were thankful for us. I mean, we came, we scoped the spot, we got it. Even when he came, he's kind of like, I know you said like you had this great spot, but now I see it. And it was the the greatest spot, the greatest setup um, of all time. So um, what did you think about Paul and his crew? Because uh, just a great guy and super fun time. Yeah, like you said, um, real cool guys, man, knowledgeable about sports. I mean, we were carrying on conversations with them, and you could have like um, a little point counterpoint. And nobody was like, you know, uh, you know, um, calling names or anything like that. I love that. That's the best thing when you can do with a bunch of guys. You can have a point counterpoint, and everybody like understands. Like, okay, I see your point. I'm like, oh no, no, and it never gets to the point. Like, well, you're a moron. Nothing's worse. Like, I hate that man. You can't have a conversation with somebody because once you like 
counterpoint them two times and their next step is like you're a moron and like nobody ran into that so uh that was like you said just a great group of guys we were like kind of walking around talking with them all you know and it's just you know great i'm glad they all came up you know a bunch <laughs> of you know new group of guys that we can be friends with so so it was a blast are, are you hinting at anything grifka with that take about uh uh that whole diatribe you just went through are you trying to hit hint at something here on the show yeah, that I would definitely do another tailgate game with those guys. That was that oh. was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, me too. I thought you were, uh, you, you know, the people love our, our arguments and they love when I get after you. I don't know if they love it when you call me a moron and yell at me and threaten to, uh, you know, whatever you do on the show. But, uh, you know, uh, like I you say, these you guys were moron. all fun. They're fun. I don't, uh, I don't you, call you, you a moron. You've said some things. You've you've went off the the handle. The people know. They've been scared a few times by some of your rants and raves back at me. But we have fun on the show with the arguments. Even Paul was like, it was. He said it was fun to meet us in person because again, he listened to every show. You know, some of his friends had listened. He shares it with people, and he said it's just funny to not only see us in person, but again, me and you. Uh, he knows we have fun back and forth, but uh, being there and just talking and laughing face to face was really great. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping. You know, I told those guys, hopefully we can stay in touch and, and see what happens. And and we hung out there. Gosh, we probably they probably showed up you know, around noon, one o'clock. And uh, we rolled into the game probably 30, 45 minutes before. So tons of time out there soaking up the sun, enjoying the tailgate. So like I say, just uh, wanted to recap that all for the people because it was a crazy good experience. I mean, top to bottom, I, I couldn't ask for kind of a, a more low key, good place to go. Like you kind of said, when you're going there, you know, it's not like we're going to New York or Chicago or Miami or some of these places where, yeah, they'd be cool, but it'd be hard to get around. You know, there's not going to be down to earth type people there. And and here, like you said, just people were Midwesterners, as you said, football fans, good people. And uh, I, I just couldn't ask for better better set up from top to bottom when it comes to all that. Yeah. It's just like, I would go there again and, and do that place and, you know, do that tailgate and do that stadium again. It was just a really good time. And I had a few friends ask me, you know, when I got back to work, how are they, how'd they treat you? It's just like, they were great, man. Just the people we were sitting oh, next yeah. to in the stadium, the people, like I said, there was a couple people. I remember a couple guys flipping us off at the four way stop, <laughs> a couple teenage kids, you know, kids, young lines, effing suck and this is like okay man but everybody else was like pretty cool with us and stuff like that so it, it was right. nice you know so right yeah it was it was great and like you say i'm not a guy who likes to go watch a movie twice or go to the same spot and or do the same you know routine all the time every day it just gets mundane but like you said when we came back it's kind of like not only do we sort of know what we're in for if when it comes to the roadie now which again wasn't the easiest back and forth uh regards to how we did it but um stadium was great people were great and like you say uh, let, let's talk about it real quick before we uh head to our break and then we're going to talk about all things vikings too on the back half of this episode like we got unfinished business grifka because uh you know I'll, I'll throw it to you again i spent 40 minutes on the referees i'm not going to go on any big rants and raves but uh i do have a couple issues with you on this ball game as well as just uh we can have a few takes on things we saw and and what happened at least for me that doesn't involve the zebras but uh this this ball game kicked off and and i don't think it could have got uh, kicked off any better and we were hyped and ready no doubt yeah it's uh that first play right out of the gate, I mean, like, you you mentioned it right after it happened. You're like, 
it just always seems that, uh, you know, teams are always just looking to run it up the middle on the first play or do some basic run play to try to get something. And they came right out with the trickeration and the flea flicker. You know, Matt Stafford threw a beautiful pass. You know, really put Green Bay back on its heels. And it just seemed like right out of the gate like that. They were just, uh, you know, the Lions were ready for ready to play. You know, I mean, so it was a great way to start the game. Me, you, and, like, this kid that was actually with his two Packer fans, friends were uh, like you know sitting in front of us we're it's like we're the only three in the whole section jumping up and down going crazy and, and like i said generally you know I, i've been around other fans that would be like sit up sit down like none of those people did that you know i mean there's that's that's what i mean they were just cool fans you know i mean you gotta like that. okay well, well hold up i got a couple of retorts because uh, first of all uh yeah the kid in front of us was hyping it up but we were well represented from Detroit in that section, left, right, center, kind of all around us was, was lion's gear. So it was not all Packers and, and two or three of us. That's first and foremost. Secondly, I know we've sold green Bay as the most amazing people. And like you say, great, like husband, wife, really cool young couple to my left. You had a couple old dudes you were talking to about probably 1930s football over there by you. Um, but what about the lady a few rows back that, that mid game starts complaining about standing up and then some drunk person behind us was going on and on talking to you about I don't even know what about oh stand up if you want or so there was some of that going on for sure I could care less I was just there to enjoy the game I didn't uh, I didn't care what anybody said behind me when you pay for your ticket like you don't want people doing what we do at the Lions game where they're randomly standing up on third and short and going to the bathroom, but you stand up and root for your team, you know, after plays or kind of right as the plays happening, that's fine. And, you know, when everybody stands up in front of us, we're standing up, you know, that's common sense. So I know there was some of that going on. So don't totally sell that well, short. Well, I can't help it if the lady three rows behind us was complaining that I was standing up because all the Packers fans in front of us were standing up. And I turned right. around, so I said, I go, if they stand up, I need to stand up. But right. the, the, person, the person who started arguing, you know, the old guy behind with this woman, was actually arguing with a Packer fan at the end of the row going, if you can't see, stand up. So it was actually two right. Packers fans arguing with amongst each other. So, you know, that's just like like brother on brother crime. Okay. I ain't got a problem with that. Go ahead, man. But I wasn't going to like turn around, and, like shout this guy down. It's just like, all I did was turn around and say like, Hey, yeah, your fans are standing up because the announcer's like, it's a big play. Everybody stand up. And so I remember at right. one point in the game, I leaned over to the guy next to me and I go, you guys stand up way more than lions fans. And we stand up, but you know, you know, the announcer's not going at Ford Field. Hey, this is second down and 10. Everybody stand up. You know, it's just, okay. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's too busy using his new gimmick phrase, Motown third down. Like, oh, come on, man. No, <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody needs that gimmick alliteration rhyming garbage. Everybody's like, that's so cool. It's like, it is okay uh but i'm all for standing up like i i would i loved it when i went to michigan football and you're standing up basically for four quarters like i'm not trying to sit on my hands or like you said uh try to look around people that are standing right in front of me but anyway that's that's a side topic let's not get onto it too much but to your point about the the opening play i mean we could not had a better view of this play and because he's hurt and because i haven't been able to use it because not only is he hurt he hasn't done anything this year when i saw carry on go up the middle and pitch it back there's only one thing i thought rifka oh baby <laughs> this ball got back to number nine and he unleashed a football that basically was heading right into our living room uh right up uh to our section um perfect ball perfect catch 
uh, I thought it in the stadium. And when I saw it on the TV feed, oh, my gosh, I wish he could have housed it. Kenny Galladay uh, should have got on his pony and got in the end zone because we would have been dancing in the streets. It was incredible. But the, do you remember doing this, though? Like, after the first play, he hands it off. And just as soon as Carrion turns around and tosses it back, you go, ooh, flea flicker. Do you remember doing that? Yeah, I was <laughs> – I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I mean, I probably said, oh, baby, too, because uh, that's what I thought. It was just like, oh, my gosh, we're about to unleash one right here on the first play. I haven't seen the Lions do that in my, my entire fandom. I don't think they'd never come out of the gate with something that bold. I loved it. Yeah, that was that was cool though. You, you, this is what you said. You go, ooh, flea flicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was shocked and and excited all in one. But uh, but like you say, so so here's my thing. And, and again, I did hint. You know, I I don't want to get too off track and and fight forever. But I, but here's my beef, Griff. I'm gonna get to it right now. So the Lions, uh, you know, they've had this great play. They they stall out. They get three. Okay, you know, of course you'd love to get seven. Then the Lions come back down. And they get seven with carry on going over the top. Then they come down, they get another field goal. So it's 13 to zero. You understand where I'm coming from? 13 to hold on, hold on. I I haven't teed this up yet. 13 nothing Lions. We're playing great. We're in their house. We're dominating. They're not doing anything on the other side of the football. A little nothingness. And then all of a sudden, they put together a half ass drive, Green Bay. We, We stall them out for a field goal. We, they go to kick the field goal, a very egregious, terrible mistake by the Detroit Lions, a 12 men on the field. And this is what I want you to both explain to the people and give some reasoning why, because I you lost me at this point, and I don't know that we talked again until the third quarter. You flipped out like it was 28-zip Packers because of this 12-man. They had not even flipped scored out. yet, and you went off the deep end. Hold on. Flipped so out. like. Okay. 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 Go okay. ahead. Because your revisionist history again is like total garbage. But go ahead, finish your story, so I can like rebut this. Because right now you're blowing this way out of proportion. Okay. Go I've ahead. teed it up. Like, like all I heard was you just went off the handle, and you're like, went off this, the handle? this is ridiculous. Said, I'm like, I yelled at you. I, I go, they haven't that. even scored yet. You're like, they will. They'll score that. a touchdown. And I'm like, whatever. And then, then I, I pound. What, what are you thinking? Oh my is God. this something that okay. you're thinking later? Okay, like, tell the people then what you did, because because you quit on the team at this point, and acted like we we're getting killed. The there you go. You're quitting on the team again because you're pointing out one of the. Okay, sorry, but like a special teams play like that, anything special teams where it's like a certain amount of people on the field. I mean, that's like oh, the yeah, easiest yeah. thing to do. It's just like either you're on a special teams unit or you're not on a special team. It unit. was our first mistake of the game, and you you first were like acting like game. we played like garbage. And it was. No, I didn't. I said, well, and the guy, the guy's like, yeah, 13 men on the field, man. Right there, they got 13 men on the field. I go, that's what they do. And that's exactly what I said. And you got all butthurt over that. I didn't blow it out of proportion. I didn't go, Ugh. But all you're doing is giving the team momentum. And you're saying this stuff like 13 nothing. You're right. That's just two possessions. Okay, that's two possessions. We're up Green two Bay possessions in, in the Green NFL. Bay. That's big. You act like that's nothing. That's a big. lot. 13 yes. points in the first quarter is big. Oh That's my, only oh two possessions, God. not to mention at some point, you know, the Lions took, had the opening kickoff. So once again, you know, everybody talks about that, you know, you can get that two for zero if you get the ball at the end of the first half and you get the ball at the beginning of the second half. So, yeah, that's two possessions that they could score if they held the Lions down. I mean, that's the kind of the way I look at it. You get field goals because 
two field goals, you still get a touchdown, you you still you're still up a point. So don't give me this garbage of like, hey, we're playing perfect. You just gave the team momentum. And by the way, they did score a touchdown. Why? Because your boy, Jared Davis, missed a freaking tackle on Aaron Jones because he overran the damn play again. But, geez, because that's what Jared Davis does. He takes crap angles to football, and, like, Aaron Jones just kind of gave him, like, a short stutter step, and he blew right by him. I mean, so, yeah, watch the replay, which I know you probably did to realize your boy, Jared Davis, missed a freaking tackle. So, yeah, don't give me that garbage. They gave the team momentum in their home stadium. Their crowd all of a sudden got raucous. It's like we're back in the game because we're only down six points. So with a touchdown, we go up one point. So, yeah, you're giving a team momentum. And momentum is huge in football, and you know that. So when I just went, that's what the Lions do, you think I'm quitting on the team, going off the deep end, blowing it out of proportion. I'm not. All I said was, that's what they do. And that's what they did. So, act like they're, like, they're playing let, let, the let me know when I can talk again. Let, let well, me no, know when I can. I'm, letting, I'm actually letting the people know is that that's what I said. You made it sound like I was jumping up and down, saying this team sucks. No, I wasn't. All I said was, like, that's what they do. And I'm sorry, special teams, either on a, unit, uh, on a unit or not on a unit. It's the easiest thing to do. And when you got 13 guys on there, that's a freaking problem. That's a dumb penalty. Sorry. That's just a dumb penalty that you continue to drive, and Green Bay went and took advantage of it when your boy Jared Davis couldn't make another freaking tackle. Go ahead and talk now. Continue to tell the people how I blew that crap out of proportion. You want to know why I, like, get mad? Because you really, really go over the edge, like, how I react. When all I said was, like, that's what they do. That's all I said was, like, that's what they do. And you freaking, okay. you get all mad because I was, like, it's okay, team. He's going to repeat okay. himself again. Whatever, go ahead. Okay, because because you left out these crucial parts where, where I said, you flipped out, and I said, Grifka, it's 13-0. And you go, whatever, this team is just, they do this all the time. And then you were, like, I said, I said, uh, they haven't even scored a touchdown yet. Oh, they will. And I was like, what? That's when I got pissed at you. And then and then you were like, oh, yeah, just pat him on the ass, Okri. Uh, you, you left out all that back and forth. And that's when I got pissed because you were acting – again, if I walked in and I said, okay, Grifka, this game hasn't started yet. But by the second quarter, it's going to be 13-zip. The Lions are going to make a bad error on special teams. Uh, are you okay with that? Like, I would hope you'd say yes, because up 13-0 in somebody else's house is a good accomplishment at that point in the football game. One 12 men on the field isn't costing us the game. But to me, and again, I only read stuff how I read stuff, your reaction as well as your uh, attitude at that point was acting like that we were getting killed, and we were not. We were playing great, and okay, they got they did not only get that bad penalty, they scored a touchdown. 13-7, we get the football. This is where we'll never agree, because... My opinion is, yeah, I don't want that penalty, but we're still dominating the game at that point, and we're getting the ball back. What, what if we go down and score, and it's 21-7? Uh, You're still not then feeling good about your football and we team? Got, and then, no, then we got the momentum back. And, like, you know, you talk about that, but, like, momentum is huge in football. They're, hi they're hyped. But when they're you stoked. got mad, we didn't lose the momentum. It was one play, one call. Like, after the touchdown, if you would have flipped out more or been more upset, they're they're I like get it. They're like new life. Their offense is like new life. Let's go. I mean, you could you could kind of feel it at that point. But just say, like, one play, no big deal? I mean, no way. Because you're giving momentum. at that point, you're before giving, the touchdown, it wasn't a big deal. When it was a touchdown, it was a bigger deal. And when they, what, uh... 
you know, I can't remember if it was uh, 13, 10 or 14, 13 at halftime. Okay. Now, like I told the people around us, Hey, now it's basically an even ball game heading in the second half. So, okay. So let's, let's keep it moving. But that, not only frustrated me, I knew this was going to happen in the seats because it happens at Ford Field too, where I'm sitting there going, man, if anybody would have told me the Lions would play like this for a quarter and a half, I'd be fired up. And instead, like every two-yard run, I felt like you were going, oh, we can't tackle. Oh, this is terrible. It's like, it's a two-yard two run. run. Good. It's a three-yard two run. run. There they was many a time yards. where you were they, you were going crazy. They had 100 yards rushing at halftime. They weren't get, they'd get, what, one two-yard run and then bust off a five-yard run. The guy sitting next to me is like four yards. Four times three is twelve. That's a first down every play. You're right. Okay. Four, four. They were they they were like they had over hundred yards rushing. So like they didn't have too many two yard runs. What, what do you want? A, a negative five every time? You think they're not going to fall forward for three four yards when they when they run they, the football? You know our our awesome stuff. That's supposed to be like the like the the, the awesome part of our defense is the run stuffing. Like I said, like me and you were talking on the way over there. It's just like I'm hearing people say like, oh, oh, our defense eats up running backs. Really? I mean, they were average. They were averaging like, you know, four yards a carry. And I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot to you. Well, four yards. But they had over between, you know, Jamal Adams and Aaron Jones had over 100 yards rushing in the first half. Because I remember seeing that stand going, they got 101 yards rushing at halftime between the two guys. So I. It's just, no, I mean, to say like, oh, they were only getting a yard here, a couple yards here, that wasn't happening because Matt Stafford had more yards passing than Aaron Rodgers at halftime. Aaron Rodgers only had like 125 yards passing at halftime. Griffco, if we go into that game and I say, okay, you can have Aaron Rodgers throw the football all over us, or you can have Jamal Williams, of all people, have a pretty decent day and have Aaron Jones drop a wide-open touchdown in the first half, what do you want? Do you want him to run it on us and beat us that way, or do you want him to just sling it all around all day long? Because I would have took the former, and I was super happy at how the team had, had played overall in the first half, and now we get to the second half. So, uh, this was probably the slowest bleed. Again, we're, we're not going to do a full breakdown on this game, so I'll just pitch it to you. My only thing with this game is it falls in the top five of my all-time disappointing Lions games to watch, especially in person. It was a slow bleed. We uh, played pretty um, – when I watched it back on the tape, I felt like we, we didn't make the crucial plays, but we did not play bad in the second half. We um, – and again, I'm not even going to get into it, but not only the referees' calls, when they happened, as well as how they happened, not only cost us this game, but cost us cost us this game in a in a way that was unwatchable for me on the on the rewind and when we were there in person. It was like somebody just, you know, nails on a chalkboard or like you know, death by a thousand paper cuts because. It was absolutely brutal to watch. I know you uttered the words. It was a good football game at the end, not only to fans but to me and. Uh, like I said, it ranks in my top five all top losses. So if there's anything you want to discuss in the second half, go for it. But that's my summary. It was. It was a good football game. But I mean, it was. It was a good football game. Uh, what makes I, it good? I'm just curious. Tell the people. Because I don't know the there's many people. I think that was a great game uh, when you look at it based on referee BS as well as uh, the way that they lost. Not like they made a bunch of plays and took it from us, you know. Okay, so if you were just an innocent bystander, you know, you wouldn't have a horse in the race, and you were to watch that game, you wouldn't think that was a good football game? 
No, because it was it was tarnished by the referees. If Aaron Rodgers made throws like he did on that deep touchdown multiple times to come back and win a football game, tip your cap, move on. If if he gets helped out on third downs and if we get, you know, where we can't run the clock out and if they reverse calls, then you just look at that as the whole nation did. I don't know if you missed it. There's there's get people on other teams. There's national pundits. There's Booger McFarland in the booth. Everybody's saying that this is absolute atrocity. Like the Lions got screwed on so many levels. So uh, you don't see anybody else other than, you know, a few Packer fans and you going, what a great football game this was. It's a bunch of Detroit people yeah. and, and national people saying that that was absolute garbage. Nobody's putting that well, down as a classic well, game all, in the uh, in the annals of NFL Network. You know, they're not yeah, going to rewind that game and say, hey, yeah, check that one out. It's the Packers and Aaron Rodgers came back with, with the W. But, OK, it was a great it was it was a good football game. And you cannot tell us from our seats that I mean, those hands to the face because they didn't show those replays uh, up on the big screen. I don't know if you noticed that because I know I was looking forward to after they called the penalty. But obviously, since they benefited the Packers and on the replay it was so blatantly obvious. So, yeah, when I said it right after the game, you could not tell me that you could tell that Trey Flowers on those two penalties did not have hands to the face. I you, couldn't. You can't what tell about me the kids? From our seats. From our seats. Go ahead. Talk over me. Tell Go ahead. The, on the first time, just the kid the kid in front of us lines goes, here, here's the penalty that they called. That's when you could tell. But when it happened, you couldn't tell. Okay, so but in I our seats, like, I could tell okay, because the kid showed me and because we, we just one. know it's garbage anyway. Who who calls? On, on who calls? One. On the first one. And he showed us. Well, what does he, that even matter? Like. He didn't. Well, all I'm saying, this is this is what I'm saying. It's a good game. When you because see hands like, to the face to end the football game to let them take a kneel down, what are you up applauding it? Going, oh yeah, that was probably a great call, referee. Or did we both like throw no. our arms in the air and go, that's garbage? No, because that was that's the complete first time, garbage. That was the first time the whole game I stood up and I actually cursed. You know, and I remember some chump Packers fan a couple rows in front of us because I because I screamed home cooking. He turned around and smiled and he leaned down and said something to his girlfriend or his wife or whoever was sitting next to him. It's like, right. so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember seeing that because I was the only one to stand. Me and you were the only two to stand up in the section because the kid in front of us put his hands in his head. You know, he put his hand, you know, hands on his head. And I stood up and I said, FMBS. And I'm like, home cooking. I go, Packers get more calls. And right after I said that, the kid two rows in front of us, the guy with a freaking okay, cheesy yeah, ass porn stash, turned around, gave me a shy smile, like, you know, like, yeah, butt hurt. And then he leaned down and said something to his girl. So, yeah, that was the <laughs> okay, only but... time I said that. But, yeah, that was a good football game. That was a good football game. <laughs> I mean, okay. if the Lions I guess we got to move on if because if you stand up and. In spite of that, would you have said it's a good football game? You just butthurt over the outcome. But Griffin, you said you just stood up. Go ahead, talk. Let me know. I'm, you wanted to tell me why it was, why I thought it was a good football game. I just told you why it was a good football yeah, game. Yeah, you, you said, told me like four times, and the people the same thing the four times. Like, you just said you stood up and said that's absolute BS and waved your hands. I, I don't know many good football games where you say that on the final play of the game and your, home, your team loses and you know you got job by the officials. Like, you know, good game was what the Packer fans were telling us just because they know they got away with one. So, you know, whatever. It's just like, whatever, you know, you can call it a whatever, good game. It, it was it was a good experience. You know, the people were great. The whatever. tailgate was great. That was not a great game. You're not walking away. Whatever. Going, wow, You're what a tough fun. battle between those two teams. Whatever. It's it's odd, but you will call, like, the Chiefs-Lions game a good football game, but you won't call that one a good football game. So, Whatever. I mean, both were losses. Like I said, you're just buttered over it. But overall, it was a good football game. 
Give me a break. Oh yeah, good good job, Packers. That, that's per Grifka. Um. Anyway, it was. I'm glad you well, enjoyed it because it was probably the most annoying, merciful game of my I life. Had a great time. We saw a good football game. Hung around with some good people, and you know, that was it. Like I told you, I won't get too high with this team. I won't get too low with this team. And you're all like, you know, like, oh god, you should be crushed by this. Why? And I told you, we seen that game. I seen that game a hundred times before. We saw it against Kansas City because you were you were talking about like how it wasn't a fumble on the goal line that got picked up for you know got picked up and ran back for a touchdown in the Kansas City game. How the refs jobbed them there, and I'm like, dude, you're just talking about the same thing. We just saw that a couple weeks ago against Kansas City. The exact same thing happened. The refs jobbed us there. The refs jobbed us in this game. But 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 you know it's odd how like, <sighs> it's odd how the Kansas City game's okay because we shut down Pat Mahomes, but we still lost even though the refs jobbed us there. But the refs jobbed us in the Packer game, but like that that game was terrible. It sucked. That makes zero sense. Okay, well I'm glad it makes zero sense. I'm glad you're on the Kool Aid cast, but you just don't care about wins and losses. You're not gonna let the team get you upset. You're not gonna call out refs. I- I'm glad you're you reached this I've done that hundred times. High ground. Great I told, job. I, told, I, I have conspiracy theory all the time about it. I mean, obviously Mrs. Stafford does too now. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, yeah. I, but it, 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 that, okay, that, and then, again, and just, you tell me, well, I just don't get too upset about this team. I, I, I've convinced myself that I'm just going to – if it's wrong, it's wrong, Grifka. It doesn't matter if it's happened 50 times before. You still call it out and say it's wrong again. You don't just say, ah, well, that always happens. I, I'm desensitized. I don't care anymore. Like, you do get desensitized you know? after, after a while. Okay. You well, do. I'm glad you're at that point. Let's listen to somebody who's not, and that's Chris from Wisconsin who called into the Kool-Aid cast line. He He's not happy. He's obviously in Wisconsin but is a Lions fan. Let's get him in here, and then uh, we do one question. We're way over our time, but the people probably uh, enjoyed hearing about all of the experience as well as our back and forth. So let's get Chris in here, and then I got a question for you. Here we go. Yeah. This is Chris Miller from Wisconsin. After that game, I don't know, NFL, I think they need to do the reviews for the officiating. You know, they can do from New York. Oh, New York has their say in what overturns calls. They need to call in to the field and say, this call was not okay or the flag was not a good call to overturn what the officials see because they say, oh, they don't want the um, the flags affecting the outcome of the games. Well, the outcome was affected for sure by these hands to the face that was not obvious. And we all know that it was not hands to the face two times. So they need to figure it out. The lines are going to be good. And you got to just go to the next game, beat Minnesota, and get to the easy part of the schedule and start dominating stupid teams like the Raiders and the Giants, and we can get back. We'll be okay. I want to get Chris from Wisconsin in because I think he hit it. He talked about the disappointment. He talked about the referees. He talked about what I talked about on my ref show, which was we need to figure out and get the people that are being more proactive with coming in when they see these mistakes rather than these fraudulent rules about, oh, well, you can't review hands to the face. Oh, it's not in two minutes. We're not going to worry about it. You're supposed to get it right. And they didn't get it right. As he said, it cost us a football game. And then he also did what I love on this show, which I continue to want more of on this show, which is the positivity. Say we're going to be all right. We got a good football team. Let's move on to Minnesota. 
and let's uh, let's get it together against some of these tough teams. So I think Chris uh, from Wisconsin hit it and appreciate him calling it the Kool-Aid cast line. You got any uh, back and forth of that, Grifka? No, that was a great call. And um, I uh, really, really uh, ask our fans that listen, um, please call in, you know, do the same thing or just even a short text, you know, something like that. We can respond to it, but that was a very, you know, well-spoken, very cogent phone call that, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to hear from other Lions fans like that. So, yeah, appreciate it, Chris. What's that number, Griff? Can I get a cheap plug in here? You want me to give the cheap plugs? Okay, hold on, let me do this. <coughs> there, now my throat's clear. Once again, that number's 989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. And the cool part, not only Chris's call, we want more calls like right after games, right before games, calling out your predictions. Chris and a, and a few others, too, were actually uh, texting me while I was at the game through the Kool-Aid cast line. Because if you're like, oh, I don't want to call. I don't like my voice. Um, you know, they were just sending me text, you know, their impressions of the game right at that point. I was shooting the messages back. I mean, we try to keep an eye on it as best we can um, to get back to you guys, the fans. So appreciate him using that. Grifka, again, like I said, I know we're um, over our, our time here. We got to get to Minnesota, but there was a uh, Damon Hardy on Twitter wanted to know a couple realistic trade um, thoughts or, or maybe guys, you got any names out there that might be somebody that could help this football team or that we could realistically go get. He's, like besides uh, once again I think once again Trent Williams at tackle but uh I don't think the Lions are really going to give up um any um collateral you know to go get Trent Williams so why we got Taylor Decker he's good right yeah you know he's really yeah he's really good at you know not blocking anything but um sure I mean if you if you had to compare him to somebody I mean who would he he might compare to like I said, Jeff Backus, but I'm starting to really believe that, you know, that really does a disservice to Jeff Backus. So, uh, you know, I'm really leaning that way about that. So, All right. Uh, l- let me give him two right off the bat. So, like, the, the name that, that I think makes the most sense as well as could be something I think this team needs as well as a perfect scheme fit, uh, Chandler Jones down there in Arizona. I feel like, uh, you know, he's still got some juice left. He's a kind of an elite pass rusher. He knows how to play in this scheme. I don't think Arizona would be too, <laughs> excuse me, too, um, you know, put out to kind of get rid of him and move on from him. I, I bet he's probably, I hadn't looked up his actual contract, but, you know, I'm sure it's decent, but I also think that, you know, it's one that you could probably move on from. But that's the kind of guy I think that could maybe get us over the hump from getting after the quarterback as well as adding one more, you know, defensive piece that could work. And, and another name that came to me uh, here recently that everybody sort of has forgot about because uh, he's been on that suspension is Patrick Peterson. Um, this is a guy that we talked about wanting and he, would he fit and him and Slay. And then everybody got caught up with Ramsey. And, you know, we all saw like the crazy price that went for. I mean, as much as I kind of, you know, uh, you wanted him. And then as more I got going, I was kind of like, you know, if, if he could get it for less, you know, then two ones, I would consider it. And sure enough, the guy went for two ones. But Patrick Peterson, man, is a guy that might be coming off the suspension. And if Arizona loses another game or two, maybe they'd be in sell mode and could get a guy like that right before the deadline. Uh, so the two guys I'm targeting are down in Arizona and uh, both on the defensive side of the ball. I know I saw Frank Ribble, I think, was a, what about A.J. Green? To me, I love our receiving core. 
I love our tight ends. You know, I think carry on needs to kind of get back to more of an elite level or more of an impactful base, but uh, yeah, add another explosive defensive piece, either at corner or defensive end, I think is what could do it for this team. So um, Grifka, we gave the people a full recap. Hope people appreciated that as well as uh, got a little heated there, but uh, let's go ahead and take a break, get our sponsors in and we'll come back and give them a, a preview of Minnesota. It should be a, a big game. I got lots to say on it. So sound like a plan to you. Yeah. All right, everybody, uh, please give our sponsors a listen. It really helps us out more than you'll ever know. And uh, we'll be right back after the break. Everybody, we're back. Uh, pretty explosive, pretty fun recap there in part one. Um, always glad to get the fans in again on when you call in our line or text us or hit us up on Twitter. Um, we try to pick out ones when we can and try to sneak them in. We can't get them all in, obviously. But Grifka, the Minnesota Vikings are heading to Ford Field. The NFC Norris division. Um, I think it's just going to be a nasty football game. And, uh, you know, these are two teams that are pretty good on both sides of the football. Um, gosh, I'll throw it to you, but uh, I'll probably say this multiple times as we talk about them. To me, this is an absolute 100% must win. Got to have it. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you on that. You get the bell out. And, you know, I know we were kind of chatting about this before. And this is, this is at this point a must win. I mean, with where the Packers are at and, you know, the lines going all the way down to last place, you know, with the loss on Monday night, just to, I guess, kind of stay within reach of the division. You know, I, I believe this is a must win against a, against a, a tough Minnesota team. Um, I have a question here for you. I mean, Minnesota's, you know, they've been known recently the last few years for a, a pretty much a stout defense. I mean, they got Linville Joseph on the defensive line, Everson Griffin. He always seems to be playing in the Lions backfield whenever we play them. I mean, tough linebackers, you know, Anthony Barr's there. Um, I, I got a lot of respect for that guy. I think he's good. You know, Eric Hendricks, um, I believe he's another good linebacker. Um, Lions been struggling with the running game. Um, do you think this might be another one of those things they might try to do a little more passing like they did in Green Bay and use just the run as a uh, as an option, you know, just to kind of keep the defense honest? Or do you think maybe the Lions may be able to open up the running game against Minnesota? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I think that, um, you know, my heart tells me that I still want to get, you know, 33 going. I still want to see him hit a, hit a seam and, and get some of those chunk plays like he did last year. But... Um, I also think that, you know, you, you might get to this later, but, um, you know, the thing that's killed us the most about the Vikings is their ability to get after Matt Stafford, you know, they're, they're, they're rushed. So the minute you say, oh yeah, we'll do, we just want to throw it against, you know, um, Xavier Rhodes has seemed to sort of regress, even though like two years ago, I remember he being talked about as a top three, top five corner. I heard, uh, you know, people saying, oh, just, just torch him or whatever. And uh, the minute you go back and throw it around is the minute you, you know, give Matt Stafford the ability to, you know, get rushed by this Minnesota team. So, I mean, if I had to lean one way, not only would I sort of say we got to continue to stay balanced as we have is, yeah, I might, I might continue to try to get that running game going because the play action works off that and deep throws usually work off that. So, you know, that's kind of where I'd probably start. Um, and then if I'm going to throw it, you know, as we've said on previous shows, like this is the type of team you want to have people in to chip, to, to block, you know, on the left side and give uh, your, your boy some help or whatever it is, because I think that, uh, 
you know, they're going to be coming for us as they normally do with the double A gap blitz and all types of uh, exotic, you know, rushes. And we just got to be ready to handle it as well as not say we're going to do one or the other, but say we got to keep these guys off balance. So that's that's kind of my answer. Yeah, I think I think the Lions in this game, I think they may need to run a few more screens as opposed to, you know, running them in like, you know, was it like the second and longs where everybody's like looking for a screen or a draw? I mean, mm-hmm. they might have to do that a little more often, you know, say on first down, you know, um, just to, you know, get a screen out there to, you know, you know, carry on or McKissick or something. And, um, you know, like you said, Everson Griffin, it seems like he's always in the Lions backfield whenever we play him. And um, just to slow down that pass rush a little bit, um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the draw play has been effective for the Lions this year. They seem to be running them at like the most, once again, the most obvious situations. Um, but I, I believe, you know, just using the screen pass and maybe just even little dumps to the tight ends a little, a little more this week will help with um, negating that pass rush a little bit. No, yeah, I think I think screens would be good. Uh, one quick thing when we're talking about running game, like, hello, Paul Perkins, where are you? Like, we go ahead and get this guy and we get rid of, you know, Zach Zenner. We had already cut ties with Theo. And, and I, this guy has not dressed. I haven't heard one peep about him. You know, I don't know if he's even practicing, to be honest. Uh, but, I mean, when they brought him in and got rid of guys, I was thinking, oh, maybe they know something I don't. Maybe uh, Paul Perk is healthy and ready to go. He's had a pretty good run, and, and I've heard absolutely crickets. Uh, again, get, get the sound bite out, I guess. Paul Perkins, hello. Are you out there? Anywhere? Paul, hello. Like, where is this guy? Let's get it, let's get it going. Maybe he'll show up at some point. But you know, Carryon can't do it all, and there's really nobody else. So go ahead. I jumped in on you there, but I wanted to say that. It's no, it's okay. I completely understand because I know you've been asking about that, and you, you mentioned that to me actually on the on the car ride. You, you know, wondering where where he was. Um, now you mentioned the pass defense for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they have um, you know Xavier Xavier Rhodes, like you said a couple years ago. This guy was like stud. I, th- I still think he's pretty decent. Uh, they got Mackenzie Alexander back there. Trey Wayne's back there. Um, Harrison Smith, a guy I always liked, even out of Notre Dame. Um, do you see any uh, positive matchups for the Lions wide receivers against this uh, defensive back three this week? Oh, definitely. I mean, on my fantasy football article for Lions Wire, I kind of highlighted Marvin Jones. I feel Marvin's had a pretty good year. Um you know, had some catches uh, in the in the previous game, also had a, a drop towards the end. You know, I didn't get a great look at that play when I watched the TV feed, but it looked like one he could have had. But overall, Marv's pretty sure-handed, and, um, you know, he, he's been decent the last few years, kind of getting deep and whatever. So, you know, between him and maybe Danny or, or Hawk, I think those are your, your three. Kenny, I feel like he's had so many good games that he's going to get the attention. He's pretty, pretty set now that he's the feature number one guy. So, yeah, I think Marvin can feast. I think that Danny was real quiet last game. I could see him um, getting loose kind of in the, in the slot there. And, uh, gosh, Hawk, he, he's got a, he better have a burr under saddle because we, we needed uh, – he made a great high point catch, and I put in my uh, article that he uh, – to me, he just got lazy with the uh, with not tucking it. You know, he went up and got it. You could have went and tucked it away to score. So, yeah, I think they can get after this team in the past game. I still think Matt Stafford. I mean, again, Chalk Green Bay up is another, you know, A A minus type of game for this guy. I mean, he he put the ball on people. He played really solid and, you know, didn't turn the football over, I don't believe. I mean, the guy's playing great. So, yeah, when they let him throw it, 
uh, we're, we're going to do well, well there, but we don't want to be one dimensional. That's always what's got him in trouble. No matter how hot he's been is when they know we can't run it and, uh, trying to throw it a lot. So that's why I said, mix it up, but, uh, look out for Marvin, Danny and the Hawk. Yeah. Those guys are going to have to have, um, big games, especially if you're looking for like the balanced attack, like you said, um, I believe Marvin at this point, he's having a good year. And I think he could beat anybody one-on-one at this point. Um, I'm not for sure if, uh, like you said, Xavier Rose doesn't seem to be having as good a year as he has in the past. And uh, Trey Wayne, it seems like the, the games that he's been playing that I've seen in Minnesota, he's kind of been kind of hit or miss. I've seen him burn on some plays, but also seen him do some really good stuff as well. Um, you called their corners decent. I mean, and I think you mentioned that he's not that great anymore. So, I mean, he'd kind of be... Not that great. What? He's not that great. That's what I was going for. Yeah. So I, I believe Marvin will continue to have. And because, um, like you said, I think a lot of teams are going to start to adjust to uh, to Kenny Boy and um, start to double team him. And that's going to leave uh, Marvin, you know, out there one on one. And I think he can be, you know, a number of defensive backs are in this league. So um, let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. And um, I'm just going to start with the main guy here. Uh, I've always thought Minnesota's offensive line, you know, not that great. You know, I just don't think it's that good. But, you know, Dalvin Cook, he just seems to be – it doesn't matter. He seems to be throwing up yards against anybody. What do you think the Lions are going to do or at least try to scheme up to at least maybe, you know, I guess hold him in check? I mean, maybe under 100 yards, somewhere maybe like around 75, 80. You think they can maybe hold him to that? seems like Dalvin Cook's throwing up yards against everybody this year so far. Griffco, Dalvin Cook – He's that great. Um, this guy, I think I told you that when I watch him on tape, uh, he's he's absolutely just faster than – it doesn't look real to me when he runs because he's not even a burner guy. He's a big running back that can catch it and run it. But when he gets going, like he just looks faster than almost any other running back that I watch on Sundays. So, you know, they're going to have to, um, you know, bottle him up when it comes to snacks, you know – uh, when I went back and watched the tape, you know, Snacks had a really good sack. Uh, you know, he had making, <coughs> excuse me, making plays there in the middle. Um, we're still hurt with uh, without Mike Daniels, but Trey Flowers, not only on the edge, but as well as the, his ability to kind of hold the point, you know, whether he's holding the edge or uh, or pinching down and sort of trying to funnel things back in uh, from that edge is a, gosh, he's a really stout South player, and I, I I still love what he brings to the team. So, you know, Dalvin Cook is a guy that you can't let get loose in the screen game. You can't uh, give him too much runway to get going because once he gets going, if he hits it, he's gone. We've seen that before. And uh, he's going to be an issue, you know. I think that Kirk Cousins has played so well that uh, they're going to try to turn the clock back and go back to that running game. But I think the Lions are going to focus on the run game and, and feel like they can pretty much – deal with a pass um, but they're going to have to really not only load up but have those linebackers um, and front line focused on stopping Dalvin Cook because he he's the major issue and then uh, you know, there's one other issue that if you don't get to it I'll bring up because I feel uh, I feel there's two ways that can hurt the Lions but I think they're going to focus on both of them. Yeah. I just I have a quick follow-up for you I want to get your opinion on this really quick you brought up Trey Flowers and um with the backlash from the Packer game, and we've obviously seen that. He said he's used that move his entire career. Do you think maybe the referees might be a little more hesitant to call the hands of the face on him? 
just I just want to kind of get your opinion on that. Oh yeah, I mean, real quick opinion. I mean, I don't think they're gonna be hesitant necessarily, but you go back and watch it, which again, I don't know if you you saw it, but it it's a great move. It's a it's a very you you can tell it's a skilled pass rushing move that has been taught over time because his hand is right in the inner shoulder pad, holding on, tugging the guy so that he can then go swipe hands and get around him. Um, and then the other one is it's right on the upper shoulder pad where it needs to be sort of moving the guy, you know, whatever way he wants by getting his hand on his shoulder. So there's really nothing to, to watch or to not call. I mean, I think he's just going to continue to do that. And they just may have a little heightened awareness that, yeah, this guy's going to hand place right where he needs to. He's never been called for hands in the face ever. And the two he got were absolutely bogus. So, you know, Trey is just going to keep doing what he's doing. I, I'm working on, I got to, I'll have to break it out sometime. My Trey Flowers impression, because I watched a few interviews and his interviews are so classic because of the way he talks, but uh, I'm going to have to break it out one time on the show. But uh, Trey, just keep doing what you're doing and he'll be, he'll be fine. Like, I just think he's a tremendous player for this franchise. Okay. Um, last part of the game I want to touch on. If I miss on this question, um, feel free to bring up the uh, the topic you want to touch on really quick. Um, we're obviously going to go with the passing game. Uh, it seems like the last few years, Stefan Diggs really has not hurt the Lions. I don't know if it's just been Slay being one-on-one or if just, of just the way they've been scheming against him. But it seems like Adam Thielen's been doing that crossing route that has been hurting us more than anything. Um, do you think it might be one of those things where you know, they kind of run the same scheme, you know, take Stefan Diggs out, you know, he kind of whined about not getting the ball, you know, then they obviously force fed him the ball last week. Um, and do you think they might try to do the same thing, take him out and let Adam Thielen, you know, underneath, you know, maybe beat you? Or do you think they might try something different to try to slow down Adam Thielen that uh, underneath crossing route? Yeah, well, I think if you look back at it, you know, I think it was last year where Adam Thielen had that ridiculous 100-yard game streak going and, and Slay was locked up on him and kept him kept him under. I think he only had 20 or 30 yards, but I want to say he either got a touchdown or something like that, but Slay held him in check. So I think Slay's been more on, on Thielen now that that's sort of the narrative is that Thielen is really the guy and, and Diggs is this really talented player, but... You know, I don't know that he's viewed in the number one except by guys like me who think he's the better fantasy option and the better overall explosive, young, talented wide receiver. But Thielen, yeah, all he does is get open. So I, I would think you're going to go ahead and put Slay on Thielen and kind of try to take away, as you said, the crossers, the little stuff, the, the double moves that he brings to the table. And gosh, I remember just telling you at the game, I mean, I don't see any reason why a guy like Rashad Melvin can't play Diggs because he's he's so long and he's been so good this year. Like he's basically been in position almost everywhere I see him. Even uh, Coleman has been turning the football over and been everywhere, but he's also got toasted a few times that I feel like has sort of cost us. So as much as people are giving, you know, Coleman that Pro Bowl love is as much as I've late in the fourth quarter of a couple football games saw that he you know, couldn't stay tight and ended up kind of costing us. So, you know, I think a mix up between Mashad Melvin and, and Justin Coleman will be the ticket. And uh, because again, I'm an up down guy. So because Diggs blew up, I feel like he'll, both those receivers will still be featured. But again, I'll just get to my point right now. Uh, the guy I have highlighted with a, you know, red pen is a guy that's done nothing the whole year. Absolutely nothing. I think it was seven catches for 80 yards and no touchdowns for the whole season. 
Um, and that's Kyle Rudolph. You know, I feel like this is a guy that's lost in the shuffle acting like, well, I just block. I just, uh, got taken care of. Well, okay. You also just got paid a ton of money. So they're going to use you at some point. He's killed the lions in the past. The lions have always had trouble with tight ends. Rudolph is that big physical, big hand catcher guy in the red zone. I think you got to have him circled as well as Dalvin cook. Take those two guys away, deal with the guys on the outside to win this game and get after the quarterback, obviously. Yeah, um, just a quick follow-up on the wide receiver core for uh, these guys. Uh, what do you think about Laquan Treadwell, you know, after the last game, you know, with, you know, Mike Zimmer's talking about going into Detroit, and he goes, easy W. You know, uh, all I got to say is Laquan Treadwell, like, you know, I didn't even know you are still in the league. I mean, considering Minnesota cut you, and now uh, they just had to kind of bring you back because the receiving core got a little hurt. But, uh <laughs> I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, do you think this is billboard material? Or do, do, is this something you think the Lions are just going to kind of poo-poo away? Um, I was about to say, Laquan, who? Um, th- this guy's never done anything in the league. As you said, his his the sand in his hourglass ran out. And he got booted, and I didn't even know he was back, to be honest, until you told me about this story. Uh, I got to sell uh, the big Hughes. I got to throw him under the bus. I remember Hughes in that draft being like, what do you, what do you think about Laquan Treadwell agree when he kept slipping? I'm like, no, like we just don't, we don't want receivers. You know, I was more obviously meat and potatoes at that point where our team was. And uh, when he went to our division, you know, he did have some high, you know, I remember in that draft, you know, how kind of the draft process starts really early. Like he was the number one pick overall when that process really started. And by draft day, you know, he has fallen like a, a rock, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I don't have much to say. Again, I, I'm, I'm that guy that just laughs at that stuff. I mean, uh, get, get the soundboard out. Lacan Treadwell, this is for you and your dumb comment, buddy. <laughs> that, that, that's what the Lions are doing to you because not only laughing at you because of your comment, but they've seen you on tape. Uh, and, and when they see you on tape, it probably, uh, I don't know, probably sounds more like this, actually. <laughs> that's what they do every time laquan treadwell drops a pass runs a lazy route runs with his four eight speed or whatever he has at receiver so i mean this is a guy i'm not worried about the the other receiver which i was a little impressed by last year was the little bb kid you know uh bb was a baller his dad was a, a little hustler and i feel like this guy's got a little bit of juice as well so depending but like i say i'm so set with justin coleman like we didn't have him last year. I mean, remember when I leaned over you the game, like, isn't it so nice to have Justin Coleman? Because every every time they were just going to people in the slot against the uh, Windsock, you know, Nevin Lawson. It was just an absolute embarrassment. Where now, every time they try to challenge Justin Coleman, he's in the hip pocket and, you know, getting his hands, you know, either on the football or turning it over. I saw him get a few punches in uh, on the replay when I watched it. He was trying to He was trying to go Joe Lewis again and get that football out. So, um, I'm not too worried about BB, but uh, you got to like our defensive backs. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go on another 20 minute tangent, Grifka, but in one of our episodes coming up, I need like 10 whole minutes to talk about Tracy Walker because I, I'm blown away by this guy when it comes to his physical attributes, uh, just his overall play. And the big Hughes deemed him, uh, let me give this to you properly, Grifka. Tracy Walker, he's a dog. Oh, baby, he's a dog. We know it. He's he's one of the nasty dogs on our defense, so I'll get into that another day. But uh, I, I like our DBs against Minnesota, but it's going to be tough. I mean, this is a tough team. This is a must-win. This is a game that, uh, 
you know, I got some trepidations going into thinking, well, not only do we got to have it, but they're no pushover on any side of the ball or any phase. Yep. Um, let's do this. Uh, let's finish it up here. Um, give me a score. And what's your prediction for this thing? Oh, my goodness. Grifka, as the people know on this show, I drink the Detroit Kool-Aid. I serve up that positive lion spin. As much as I think this is going to be a downright gritty, tough, again, probably a game where I'm going to have to have a few heart attacks into the fourth quarter. There's no way I can pick against my Lions in this football game. It's one they need. I feel like the season is riding on it. I feel like the Lions know the sense of urgency. Give me 28 to 24 Detroit Lions. Big W. Um, good play on both sides of the football. We just make more plays than they do. Walk out with a great home victory. Wow. You see, you see the Lions throwing up 28 points against, against his defense? Oh yeah, I've liked our offense all year. And you look at our numbers; we've we scored what thirty-five, you know, mid twenties most of the time. So I, I don't know why we wouldn't do it in the confines of Ford Field um, against a team that uh, has a good defense, but you know, not one that I think is going to hold us to ten or twelve points, fourteen points. We'll get more than that. Okay. Um, okay. I see your point. Well, uh, once again, I know when we called the, we did the preseason picks, I, I had this one as a W. Um, and even though the lines are coming off a tough loss and, you know, a lot of people are saying, how do you rebound from a game like that? I mean, I think it's perfectly, you know, lines are perfectly capable of doing that, especially with uh, Matt Patricia as the coach. Um, I see this one. The biggest one's going to hinge on quarterback play, and everybody knows how I feel about Kirk Cousins. He sucks. I think everybody's seen the video where he tried to do like the, uh, was it the, uh, was it the uh, birth, you know, the the sex of the child um, reveal, and there was a box like three feet in front of him, and he just gunned it into the ground, almost missed the box completely. But Kirk, congratulations on having a son. I, I do feel, I, I'm happy for you for that, but. That just pretty much explains how you pretty much pass the ball all the time. Like I said, the only reason you get love around the state is because you went to Michigan State. Um, but you still hold on, Gripka. I, I want you to do one gimmick for the people. So you just gave Kirk Cousins some credit. So I want you to say like something about congratulations for his son and say how that's great, and then say, "But you're not that great." Do that. Do that for the people. <laughs> okay. Uh, once again, Kirk, um, congratulations. You know, you know, having a child. You know, son. You know. Yeah, I'm sure you will raise him right from everything I hear. You're, you know, you 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 are a good man, a great man, but uh, as a quarterback, you're not that great. All right, that works. I kind of okay. wanted you to say having a son, that's great, and then say, but you're not that great. But that that works. Okay. Yeah, a, a, a pump up of Kirk Cousins and then your normal slam is good work. So appreciate that. Okay, well I could have went like, was it? What did you say that one time? How do you like that, or do you like that, or whatever? I mean, <laughs> right. that got that got play on ESPN NFL Network, like you know, after his, you know half a good season, like oh, Kirk Cousins, and they would show that. So yeah, Kirk. Rifka, what'd, what'd you what'd you think of the? Uh, do you like that catchphrase? Oh, do you like? That? <laughs> what do I think about it? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's just stupid or whatever. But okay. I mean, I mean, it's it's not very good, right? Or what? What else would you maybe say? It's about? not that great. <laughs> got to give the people what they want. That's what they want. The Griff could that not the great is catching on like wildfire. <laughs> okay. Well, I kind of think it's, I thought the catch break sucks just to kind of go with him, but 
<laughs> Anyways, I mean, I, I'm sure he's going to be chucking the ball at the ground and like another baby reveal type thing too. So, um, I think the game. I don't. I don't know if the Lions are, are going to put up 28 points. I, I do see him throwing up some points, but I, yeah, I like doing games like this where every once in a while I just throw some odd score in where you're just like, how do you get that? So that's what I'm going to do this time too. This one's going to actually be an 18-15 Lions win. Okay, let's go with 18-15. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Yeah! 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 Oh, baby! That's that's what I think, Rifka. I I can't believe you're giving the Lions a win. I was I had about six sound bites ready for your garbage. Oh well, I think they fall a little short. You know, momentum, all your other stuff you talk about, but you with the Lions dub, me with the Lions dub. We gotta have it against Minnesota, Rifka. I'm out of breath, man. Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Everybody, check us out on Twitter at Derek Okri, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. You can get at the one and only Grifka. He's at Grifka, D-K-C. Thank you so much. We've had a busy week traveling on the road to GB, getting back. My car got smashed up by a deer. Um, getting that taken care of. I knocked out a 40-minute ref podcast, and here we are. We talked Green Bay, and we talked Minnesota. I'm completely spent, and uh, let's get hyped for this football game. I hope you guys all wear referee clown outfits to the game. I cannot wait to watch it. We'll be back next week to talk all things Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back to back, start to play. This game is over. Drink it in, man.